0: Thank you for tuning in and now for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter podcast. You are listening to episode number 430, the recap of the 2023 Unicoi Turkey Callmaker Show, the long awaited recap. And I am your co-host and the guy who is kind of ready to wrap it up.
1: And I'm your co-host and the guy who has a very sore dog.
0: Sore dog and some sore ears and sore shoulders. (laughs) Not sore ears.
1: I wear ear protection at all times, but I did injure my back, I think, from shooting so much. So that's a good sign for the last week of season, but... Duck season's officially over with the 31st going out. We had the best ending we've ever had, best season we've ever had, and my dog is just absolutely whooped. He is paws up in the den, I'm sure, right now.
0: Is he as ripped as you said he would be when season ended? He's absolutely jacked. Nice. He's more of a – I don't know if you know who David Goggins is. He's more
1: of a yeah. David Goggins style. He's just absolutely ripped. He's not, he's not Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, but yeah. – Pack pretty much has been running as much as Goggins here lately. Yeah, yeah. So You know, he's – every morning he cusses at me repeatedly and motivates me. So that's
0: pretty (laughs) much what it's like.
1: (laughs) Uh, That's a good dog to have. Yeah, time for him to get fat again. He'll be be fat again in a couple months. I have no doubt about that. Yeah. But what are you almost ready to be done with? Well –
0: I'm just about ready for deer season to be over. You oh know, yeah, it's. I, I'm really happy when it's when it's gone when it is over because, oh man, I really don't care all that much about it. But the time of year that I like to hunt is now, and that's the rut in Alabama, and so I like that. But you know, I will miss the time at camp with my dad and brother and buddies. And so, you know, that that will be missed. But one thing I know for a fact is that when deer season ends, <laughs> turkey season is not far from starting. In fact, we are 51 days, 19 hours, 43 minutes and 53 Oof. seconds away from the opener for Alabama Spring Turkey Season.
1: That is awesome. I will be cranking it up in 27 days and 19 hours, which is hard to believe, but that is close, that and is then close. we will be turkey hunting. There was a little bit of a warm spell a week ago or so, and mm-hmm. man, I was out duck hunting by myself, and I mean, the woods just sounded like spring. They weren't gobbling, but you know, it just was birds chirping everywhere, and I, I do have a buddy in Mississippi who been sending me some videos. They have been absolutely hammering down there, so... Yeah. To everybody on Facebook, they're going to be gobbled out. They are. And no point in going. So Just leave them to stay
0: me. Stay at home. Just <laughs> stay at home. And
1: I bet yeah. Tennessee's Facebook gobbled out people are going to have their minds blown not starting till April 15th. Well, Because if they've been gobbled out for the opener every year for the past decade on the 2nd, I can't imagine now. I mean, you're talking, they're going to be hoarse and gobbled out by that point.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's there's no doubt about it. Well, speaking of
1: gobbling, I feel like you might have a few instruments with which you plan to draw gobbles with.
0: I do. I do. Tell me yeah. about Unicoy. Well, so I guess before I get too much into me talking my voice. I want to jump right in with some audio. So one thing about Unicoi is that early in the morning, you get in there and it's jam-packed. I mean, there are people everywhere. Because, you know, a lot of people are coming in to pick up calls that they've had ordered. And so they're in there picking those calls up. But then there are a lot of people who get there early in the mornings in order to get kind of, and I'm using air quotes, their pick of yeah. Calls from from yeah. a call maker. So morning times are extremely busy. But when you walk in the door at Unicoy and you hear this. <laughs> have a little mixed emotion first of all you're wondering am I going to be able to come out of this show with one stitch of my sanity but then you're also like that sounds a lot like heaven will, I, will I come of out of, those... of this
1: show with one dollar left in my pocket <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well that, that probably crosses a lot of people's minds as well but just that sound and that you know it's turkey call on top of turkey call on top of turkey call times 10x and it's just it's something special and And is this
1: one is it just turkey calls
0: well there are other things there there are some authors who are there selling books yeah i mean is there
1: is the goose caller there
0: no 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 okay I don't know if he
1: followed you there, too.
0: No, 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 no. Just turkey
1: calls and and turkey-related items.
0: You will hear some crows.
1: Okay. Well, Hey, that's turkey-related.
0: You will hear some owls.
1: Probably really realistic ones, judging by the crow call you bought there last year, I think it was.
0: Some of the finest crow call makers uh, that you can find. Some of the finest owl hooter makers you can find as well. And, yeah... It's a, as far as going into the woods and having an instrument to make a turkey gobble, whether that's a locator or something to imitate hens or something to imitate a male turkey, they got it at Unicoy. There is just no doubt about it. So I walk in, I hear turkey call on top of turkey call on top of turkey call, and I just walk in and it just feels like home. I'm like, yeah, yeah. this, this is a little piece of heaven. And so, and it's funny to me because when you walk in, when I walk in, because I can only speak for me, you know, it's like, holy cow, it's so loud in here. And then after four or five minutes, I don't even hear any turkey calls running. They're still running, but I've just, you just completely to... tone them out. Yeah.
1: So, Maybe that's what happens with all
0: the gobblers I've called to in the spring. <laughs> they get used to hearing you <laughs> and they tone you out. <laughs> there could be some truth to that, you know. Yeah that's why pretty they good. shut up and you just never hear from them again. Yeah, yeah. So I had, as I mentioned a couple of times in our previous two weeks episodes, I had a goal of going to Unicoi and not spending any money this year. I'm mm-hmm. trying to save my money for turkey hunts this year instead of turkey calls this year. But and, that worked out great. Yeah, you know, I mentioned this again a couple of weeks ago. It's great to have goals because if we don't have goals in life, we're just wandering around aimlessly. It's also okay to fail at your goals and to not achieve them. I failed. I'm okay with that. But what I came away with, with going there with that goal in mind is just really good stuff. So another one of my goals when I, when I got there was of course to get some great audio for you guys and I've got that. But in addition to that, To I had been tasked with finding a slate call for a friend of mine. Yeah. And I know what he was looking for. I know the sound that he's looking for because I know the slate that he's trying to replace. And that meant I had a pretty big order to fill. And it also meant that I needed to run a bunch of slate calls. A bunch of bot and peg calls. So I said that I ran probably 200 slate calls before I bought the one that I bought for him. But Mm -hmm. truth be told, I probably ran a little over 100. But it was was a heck of a lot of fun trying to find a call for him and to spend his money. So I found his call at probably the sixth to the last table I went to on the first day. And you shopped well. I did shop well. I absolutely shopped well. And I'm sad to say that he paid me for that call. And I'm sad to say that I shipped it out yesterday. But he's going to be very excited when he gets in the woods and runs that Champion slate call that I bought Mm -hmm. him. And one of the reasons I delayed in sending it to him is I wanted a sound file of that call because I wanted you guys to hear it. So let, let me just go ahead and play the sound file from that call. So this past weekend, while I was deer hunting, I took all of my turkey calls from Unicoi into the woods with me. And I spent 40 minutes running these turkey calls. And so here's the sound file from that pot and peg call from Champion Custom Calls. thing is a winner and I tell you
1: I I got to play that one in person right yes yeah you did I thought so
0: So you know I got to thinking after I ran that turkey call something completely unrelated to unicoy but I got to thinking about this have you seen those mechanical deer decoys that the game wardens use to catch night hunters and people shooting deer from the roads Yeah. Well, you know, most of those mechanical deer decoys don't have a huge rack. They're an average size deer. The reason that they're an average size, they use an average size rack on those deer decoys is that if you put a Boone and Crockett rack on a deer decoy, you're enticing probably 90% of hunters out there (laughs) to do something that they would not normally do. Well, good point. running that turkey call enticed me to do something I would not normally do, <laughs> and that is go in <laughs> my box of slate calls and pull out a call that I'm not all that crazy about, ship it to my buddy, and keep that champion slate call that I bought for him.
1: <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't put it past <laughs> you, to be honest, after I played that thing.
0: But I didn't do it. I, I was a good friend. I was a good boy. So I don't have to go to confession for that. But he's got a amazing turkey call headed his way. So I'm looking forward to sitting against a tree with him about 30 or 40 yards behind me at some point this season with him running that call. Because yeah. the birds are going to be falling all over themselves to hear that one. So anyway, that was that's a good sounding call. And i was glad to pick that one up for him and so from there i spend usually the first day walking around catching up with with friends and running calls and of course you know i generally do spend a little bit of money while i'm there so i buy a few calls and i don't do a a whole lot of interviews on the first day so i'm going to save all of our interviews that we did for later but on the first day I did get the opportunity to go in and listen to Roger Park's seminar that he did down there that was about using gobbler calls. And Mm -hmm. so I'm going to play just maybe a minute or so of the clip from Roger's seminar that he did because I was fortunate enough to get the opportunity to mic him up and we have the entire hour-long seminar that you and I are going to play, probably in the not-too-distant future. Excellent, for, yeah. For the listeners, but here's a couple of minutes of it. So you guys listen into to this.
2: But that's just the case of a scenario like, and it's happened not just at that time. A lot of times when I go south, when I go to Georgia and stuff, it's been the same scenario, you know, and that's that's how effective it is, is, is if you put the time and learn how to do it right. And um, I've been doing this for since 92 and really learning how to do it. Like I said, when I gobbler yelp, this is a a mature gobbler yelp, flatten the hands, and I'm dragging it from there from about 2 o'clock to 6. Flatten the hand. Now, when I jake yelp, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a two-note jake key in front of my jake yelp. Most of the times in the fall, even in the spring, them, them jakes will go. Now, I go from flat to that, okay? Half cup position. Now, when jake yelps, like going down a set of steps. i will go, and when they hit that last step, cut it off. notice the speed's a little faster than the gobbler yelp. That's the difference between a jake yelp and a gobbler yelp. Now in the fall, I run more jake yelps in the fall than I do any time. For me, it seems like the gob- the mature gobblers and stuff are more vulnerable to a jake yelp. But in the spring, I mostly run gobbler yelps because I'm sure you, you know about terrorist jakes where you get a group of jakes together and they run your gobblers off, well, I don't want to be in that situation, so I am strictly running gobbler yelps. But it's been very effective for me.
0: Man, I mean, there's some really good strategies in there that I think can help us kill a few extra birds this year in that entire oh, yeah. seminar. But, yeah, that was that was good stuff there from Roger, so that yeah. was a lot of fun. His,
1: his gobbler slate that I played on here before is,
0: is some kind of call. I love yeah. that thing. Yeah. It is for real a good one, there's yeah. no doubt. So I missed the second seminar of the day, which was a pretty good seminar. It was Steve Turpin talking about the history of the Turpin call, and we're, you and I are gonna try to get Steve on here.
1: Yeah, we might as well just get him on the show then.
0: Yeah, yeah, we, we'll we see if we can get him on here just to talk about the Turpin style call and, and do that, but. I hate that I missed that one. I just got in, you know, I'm in my environment. I'm in there. I'm talking to these guys that, again, have become friends over the years, and I'm running calls that they're making, and, you know, it's just good to catch up, but I lost track of time, and so I missed that one. But what I did do in my search for a slate for my buddy was I went by to see my friend Mark McPhail with Wise Old Owl. Nice. Yes, and... He's he's got. I bought one last. Actually, I bought several last year, but I bought another one this year, and it's a little matchbox style call that has, mm. and, and the box is the sound chamber, but it has a piece of slate on top of it, and it has a corn cob striker, hickory striker, and this thing I believe has about I don't know seventy five or eighty different hands in it, just depending on where you play it <laughs> on the slate and how you cover the sound chamber as well, because the sound chamber, again, is that box. And there's an opening in that box and you can cover up part of that opening and run the call and maybe it sounds a little bit like this. Or mm. you leave that opening completely open and run it and it sounds like this. You can just run it at a completely different angle and it sounds like this. So this thing is just insane. I ran a bunch of these calls over there at Mark's table and I was just real tickled to pick this one up. It's a fantastic sounding call and made by one heck of a nice guy and a guy with a turkey call collection that just Hmm. sounds insane. One of these days I'm going to make the trip to Mississippi to see Mark's collection of turkey calls. I think he said he's at 5,200 turkey calls, something like that. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And what I'm going to do, so, you know, I, I love to try to support these guys as much as I can. I'm going to put the contact information for all of these call makers that I got calls from and that I interviewed. Their contact information is going to be in the show notes. So, you know, if you if you want to pick up a call from them, if you can't find them on social media, then jump on to the show notes and pick up their contact information from there. So just FYI. Yeah, so, that's a good idea. I want to run the sound file for Mark McPhail's little matchbox style slate that I got from him. So listen in and we'll be back in just a minute. so from there i went by and visited my buddy dan harris with dan harris custom calls and you know dan makes the perfect hen and you know this thing is is really just kind of like a i mean consider it a coffin (laughs) with a piece of slate in it yeah That's that's
1: what it looks like
0: essentially what it is and again the bottom of the box is the is the sound chamber and what Dan did this year? His he modified this call a little bit. He felt like the Yelp on the original Perfect 10 that he built did not have any pop to it, and I agree. You know, still, it makes a great tree yelp, yeah. But this call will do more than that. It still has a phenomenal tree yelp, but it will also give a good just yelp that you would use in a in a normal calling series and so i ran this one in the woods and i want to play that sound file for you guys now as well so listen in and we'll be right back So, I really yep. like what Dan did with this, the modification he made with this perfect hen, and that's an awesome call. I mean, the purrs on this thing, you guys heard them last week, but they're just, and you heard them in that sound file, they're just insane.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Just insane. hmm And now, you've got that along with a good, solid yelp that you can, you can actually sit down and, and you know, use this call for pretty much everything you want to do, other than maybe scream at one if you're trying to locate one, you know, up during yeah. the middle of the day. But yeah, I love that call. Absolutely yeah. love it.
1: Uh, I love mine, even though it's, it, I will say the Yelp seems like it has improved for kind of the louder Yelps, but
0: still like mine a lot that I got last year. Yeah, yeah. So I was excited to get that. And in addition to those two calls, I picked up a call from Jeremy Stafford, and it is the hen within. And this thing is a copper pot and peg call. And, you know, to me, coppers really hit or miss. Yeah. You know, they can be really, really high-pitched. Yeah. Squeaky. And, you know, it's one of those calls that when I run it, I think, oh, just, you know, it's just It's just too high pitch. So, this call is beautiful, by the way. I don't know what wood it's made of, but it's absolutely beautiful. And then with that copper calling surface on it, it's even that much prettier. Very good looking Mm -hmm. striker as well. And the thing sounds good. I mean, I like that it's got a good roll. I like that it's got some good rasp to it. And I have a feeling I didn't really do this with this call in the woods, but I have a feeling if you got on it, it would make your ears bleed. It would be that loud. (laughs) But I do want to play the sound file from this one because this call in the woods is exceptional. So you guys listen in and we will be back in just a minute. to have this call
1: yeah my gosh
0: yeah um i mean again, you're gonna have some
1: some serious decision making uh, before season as to who's going with you to the woods
0: <laughs>
1: yes yeah
0: with that or you're out. gonna
1: need a very big backpack well uh,
0: i will need to have someone with me just to carry their job will be to carry my yeah. box of turkey calls
1: be like the elk hunters you know get you an alpaca to follow you around with the saddlebags full of turkey calls
0: uh, an alpaca—that is a really good idea. You would be the hit
1: of Alabama for sure, walking those those dirt roads around a nice cutover with an alpaca. You know, people
0: would just love to see that. Loaded down with my turkey calls. Yeah.
1: Scaling a hillside with one-year-old pines before they get harvested next year.
0: <laughs> 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 it sounds like you're talking bad about my home state. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: I like that some trees. We hate trees. Yeah. We really hate trees in this state. So, when I was at the, so that, that pretty much was day one. A lot of great conversation with, you know, call makers, but I spent the vast majority of the day trying to find that one sound in a slate call from my buddy. So, that was accomplished. But day two rolls around and I was at a seminar that Mark Prudham put on. And he talked about tubes and trumpets. And so, again, I was very fortunate to be able to get Mark mic'd up before the seminar. We've got an hour long seminar of Mark talking about trumpets and tubes and you know his preferences and we get to run hear him run those calls. And we'll listen to that at some point in the not too distant future, but I wanna play a couple of minutes of that for you. So listen in and we will be right back.
4: I guided for many, many years, and when you're guiding and you're getting paid to hunt, you have to, you have to produce. You want to kill a turkey. You want to be successful for your, uh, for your hunter. So I would, you know, I guess I did pretty well with diaphragms all through competition and everything. But I started kind of getting into trumpets many years ago, and I found that I like the challenge of it. But not only that, I felt like the realism on trumpets was there. And I really strive for realism. I think realism is the most important thing that you can do. Sometimes, you know, um, as far as calling goes. Now, woodsmanship will always play a role in knowing your land. But realism is very important. So when, when, when asked, you know, what's your go-to call, <coughs> I'm going to say Trumpet and then tube call so those are my two favorites and the reason being i'm not saying that they're better than a diaphragm or better than a box or better than a pot call but what i tell people is i i really enjoy the challenge of it i hunt with a an old double barrel shotgun and i got a benelli with a red dot scope i've got three and a half inch shelves, I've got TSS, I've got strutting decoys, I've got everything and have hunted with all of that. I've hunted out of pop-up blinds, I've belly crawled, I've used full strut goblin decoys, I've done all that. But over the last few years, I've really enjoyed the challenge of getting close to turkeys, calling turkeys in close and Hunting with an old, hundred year old shotgun, calling them with a trumpet call or a tube, a call that I made, that to me, that's my go to call. Not necessarily because it's better, because that's what I enjoy. Some people enjoy bow hunting, and you know you're at a disadvantage. When you're bow hunting, you, you know, you, you gotta be 30 yards, and you know, you'd rather be closer. Same thing with an old double barrel. I, I'm not gonna shoot a bird more than 30 yards. You know, I'm shooting sometimes two and a half inch shells. So the challenge of that combined with, with the trumpet, it's just what I wanna do. I'm not saying that a box call or pop call or any other call is not as good. Um, but I will tell you that in my opinion, um, nothing kills turkeys like realism. And to me, a, a trumpet has got a lot of realism. And a tube call has realism. And when I say realism, I'm talking about actually sounding like a turkey. And a lot of people know how to call. A lot of people can make most of the calls that a wild turkey can make. But I think the secret to it is, you know, I know a couple words in Spanish but I can't speak the language so I think not just knowing the calls but how do you use that in a sentence take those calls and you think about that take those calls and put it together in a sentence the way a turkey would do it in the inflection and the things that a turkey would do That's what kills turkeys. That's what fools those old turkeys that sometimes have been messed with. You take a guy running a box call, and he's just sawing on it, and he cuts. And a lot of people tend to do the same thing over and over and over. They'll just, you know, cut, 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 cut. I mean, I hear that all the time. And people get in this routine and they start doing this thing and they don't realize they're doing it.
0: While I was sitting in that seminar, one of the guys I was sitting next to pulls out this call. And he says, have you seen these? Actually, what he pulled out was a red Prince Albert tobacco tin. The the container that Prince Albert tobacco came in. And he pulls out of that tin a scratch box. And the scratch box is engraved. It's got, you know, basically a a carving in it of a wild turkey. And I said, man, that's really cool. Where did you get that? I haven't seen that. And he said, that's over at Marvin Breedlove's table. And I said, well, that's really unique. You know, I have not seen anything like that. And he said that Marvin got the idea of doing that from his dad who used to carry his scratch box around in a Prince Albert can. Huh. That's pretty cool which is a great idea because, well, you got that protection so you don't have to worry about necessarily sitting on it and shattering that scratch box. And because I ran this scratch box so much in the woods this past weekend, I need to chalk it up. So let me grab a piece of chalk here and put it on the chalk up that striker. But I did get sound file of this scratch box running in the woods and it is really good and now I'm going to say this I am not the king of running a scratch box but this one's pretty unique in the respect that when you're running the call and to get that second note of the yelp you don't have to I I guess essentially flick your wrist in order to Mm. get that that call to roll over to make that yonk part on that yelp So I'm trying not to get chalk all over my dress pants, but we'll worry about that later. That's what dry cleaners are for. (laughs) So this this call, again, um, I got better sound of it in the woods with the sound file that I'll run for you in just a minute. But this call is really good whether you're cranking on it or you, you want to get soft with it it's I mean it's outstanding so let me see if I can run this thing and get it to sound well enough to do Marvin some justice here with his craftsmanship and I'm holding this thing way too close to the microphone anyway (laughs) so that's just holding that scratch box directly on the striker and just running it, you know, without any roll in the wrist or any, you know, yeah, flick of the wrist at all, you know, to get that, uh, which with most scratch boxes is what you have to do to get that last part or second part of that yelp, but... Yeah. That, yomp, yomp, yomp. So this thing is really cool and that's the one call that you did not play when you were at my house because you didn't open the white box that had the red Prince Albert can in it.
1: I just thought maybe you were getting some tobacco. I didn't know what was going on.
0: So I sent you a picture of that. Figured you might be a little (laughs) bit jealous. Yeah, I see it now. And It's
1: a beautiful call.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. The artwork on it is fantastic. It really is. It's something neat and i'm i'm excited to have that so i got that and i've got to practice my scratch box call and the only problem with running a scratch box or a box call driving down the road is you have to have somebody driving for you somebody to steer since they're two-handed calls but Mm -hmm. i will be practicing with that i need to I guess give my wife a hour long massage gift card or something like that to get her out of the house for a little while so I can practice on that scratch box. But I'll I'll be taking it to the woods with me this weekend and practicing on it while I'm sitting in the tree stand. So I wanna I wanna call a bird in and kill it with that. But Yeah, that'd be that, sick. That was as far as calls that I bought, that's really it. You know, I, I did pretty darn good, I feel like. Not buying a whole bunch of calls and then the ones that I got are just really good sounding but let's run that sound file of this scratch box in the woods and then we'll be right back in just a minute. So after all of my call buying was done, I said, you know what, it's time to do some interviews because the show's going to get past me and I'm not going to have any interviews done. So the first interview that I did was actually with Jason Hart, who is the community marketing director for Mossy Oak. And he... Yeah had some really cool things that to announce about what mossy oaks got up their sleeves. now they didn't have a booth or anything there jason's there just like me to enjoy the show but he and i got to talking and they just have got some really cool stuff coming up so i'm going to play this as a pretty short little interview jason's a great guy but i think you guys will be interested to hear what he's got to say because he's going to talk a little bit about the turkey stamp that mossy oak has for this coming year, as well as the turkey stamps from last year that if you missed buying, you will still have an opportunity to purchase so sweet, jump in and listen to this one it's like i said a short one but we'll be back in just a few minutes hey guys i'm here at unicoy and i have jason hart with me and he is the director of community marketing with mossy oak and he and i were just talking there's some great things going over going on over at mossy oak and so i'm going to let him tell you guys what they've got going on over there you know i'd asked him how all this came up is I'd asked him about the turkey stamp and from last year and if they were going to do another one this year, and he, he started talking about the turkey stamp. So I'm just going to let him tell you because he can tell you better than I can. So, Jason, thank you, man.
3: Absolutely, Andy. We, well, first off, I appreciate you having me. I've been a big fan of your podcast for years, and I've been to Unicoi, uh, I think, every year since, uh, I think, 2016, just being a big passionate turkey hunter. And uh, I am new to the Mossy Oak uh, marketing team, uh, although I've worked for Mossy Oak several times in the past. And yeah. and you asked me about the turkey stamp, and yes, the Mossy Oak turkey stamp is coming back for 2023. We're going to be launching it at the NWTF convention in Nashville, along with two other new big projects. Uh, that we're going to be launching one collection and uh, uh, but ultimately for the turkey stamp it's Yamashio in conjunction with dr. Mike Chamberlain and uh, a few others, we look at, at projects where that money can go to and yeah. we're doing a lot of cool things. Uh, the, stamp, the stamp last year sold, sold for $15 a piece, 100% of those proceeds go back to, to Wild Turkey Research. Uh, a neat uh, kind of a, uh, a su- another subject on the Wild Turkey Stamp is also part of a group in South Carolina called the Low Country Game Bird Foundation and we bought off of a fundraiser we had, a turkey hunting fundraiser last year, we bought the remaining stamp. I think we have roughly 900 of them, and we're going to start selling the 22 stamps and 23 uh, for double the price, so we can double the money going back to wild turkey research. And we're also working with uh, my buddy Dr. Mike Chamberlain and my buddy Brett Collier at uh, at LSU on wild turkey research. So it's a group of South Carolina guys that really liked what Mossy Oak was doing, and we figured that was a w- way to absolutely double, you know, double money going back to wild turkey research because it's so needed right now, and you know. Uh, Having, uh, you know, working at Mossy Oak, that's one thing that the Hayes family is so much about is is the resource, and we know that the wild turkey in many areas are in big trouble. So, you know, Mossy Oak, uh, ultimately, you know, we're in the business of, of making camouflage amongst many other things, yep. um, but uh, but first and foremost, we realize that if it's not for the the, the species, the, the, the game out there, that, you know, we wouldn't be in business. So, yeah. uh, so Mossy Oak is, uh, you know, I've worked for multiple companies in the hunting industry, and, and without a doubt, I think Mossy Oak is, from a conservation standpoint, without a doubt, one of the, uh, the most conservation-minded in the business. And that's going to continue. And um, With with Toxie Hayes, the founder, his sons, Neil and Daniel, have that same very much ingrained in conservation. So it's going to be a fun year. So if you are at NWTF, uh, come by the Mossy Oak booth. We're going to have a few different things, and we're also going to be having a, a little, little get-together somewhere downtown Nashville on Friday night, which is also going to be raising money for conservation. So NWTF Convention's going to be a really fun time this year.
0: Good deal, man. Well, thank you. appreciate what you guys do at Mossy Oak and appreciate you taking time out of the Unicorn show, and man! I'm, I'm keeping you away from all those awesome calls and everything. Well, you y- weren't able to make it yesterday.
3: No, I wasn't. I had to actually had to work yesterday. We just left the ATA show and had some work. And normally, I walk. I normally I get here Friday morning or come in Thursday night. And normally, I walk in the door and spend about a thousand dollars in the first ten minutes. And <laughs> I always go to Lamar Williams and Steve Mann's booth and yep. a number of others. But uh, but uh, yeah, I've uh, you saved me some money. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I had to just come up and shake some hands and see my buddies and I you see every year at Unicoy and for I know that you'd mentioned last year I listened to your Unicoi podcast and you just talked about how how awesome it was and I think you've probably attracted some people because I the parking to get in here was incredible. But if you're a if you were a turkey hunter you just need to find your way here to Helen, Georgia to, to Unicoi because it's a blast. Amen.
0: No doubt about it. Well go spend some of that
3: money. I don't want Steve or <laughs> Lamar or any of those guys getting mad at me oh, I think, I they think they're I think they're, just, I think they're just I think they're doing just fine. <laughs> <laughs> Good deal thank you man. Thanks, man
0: all right after my talk with jason i was able to pull away darren dawkins from his table and that's a pretty good feat right there to be able to get him away from his table because it's a very popular place for people to gather and run calls and buy calls and so being able to get him away from that table for a little bit to talk about some turkey calls was awesome so Let's jump in and listen to Darren. We're going to talk a little bit about some box calls. Sweet. Hey, everybody. I am sitting here with the one and only Darren Dawkins, and we're talking turkey calls because we're at Unicoi, and that's what Unicoi is all about. And so I was just... He's got... Obviously a bunch of calls out on the table and I was just talking to him telling him You know, I don't I don't even own a one-sided box call. You know, really what's the difference? Why why would I choose a one-sided call over a double? Call or a two-sided call and so he started talking to me and I said I just cut you off now I want to record this and and let everybody hear it and so from a, calling ex- a call maker, expert call maker. Uh, we're gonna get his two cents on that. And I'm gonna try, and I don't think it's gonna be too hard. I'm gonna try to trick him into running both of those because he might know something about running a box call or two. So, Darren, thank you, man, I appreciate you. It's gonna, might be hard to hold a box call and run it with, and hold the microphone too. So when we get to that point, I'll hold the microphone for you, but I'm gonna let you hold it now. Thank you. What, thank you. What's the main difference in, I mean, obviously, one-sided calls, a one-sided call, and a two-sided
6: calls, a two-sided call? Right. Well, thank you, Andy, for having me. Yeah. Um, what The di- difference is. Uh, most two-sided calls you get a young hen on one side and an old hen on the other, and there's a lot of variations you can do with those calls. One drawback of a, of a single side versus a double side, uh, a, a double side is good to gobble on, where you're not not so much on a single side. But the diverse sound to me that you can get from a single side, it just is just unmatched by a double side. Especially you can you can tune that collar where you can get a lot higher front end, a good mid range, and with it being a single side, you get a lot Deeper, coarser back end, which is a lot older. Hen on it, which you can tune old Hen to into a box call a double side, but on the single side, you can do it in a way that you can have that sound at a much, much lower volume. Which I hunt public ground, so that comes into play a lot in as far as being. Not, not so loud, yeah. and let's just understand that, you know, sometimes on the on the public land, you, you don't want a turkey to gobble that much, you mainly want him to come, because the more he gobbles, the more he's gobbling in other hunters just like ourselves, and I can demonstrate that on the box call, um, and, and they're both the same, these two box calls are the same, same wood type, same lid material, so we're comparing apples to apples doing this. Yeah. Excellent. Show us what you got. All right, and here's a here's the double side. single side is different. Lynch, and I'm not knocking anybody, but M.L. Lynch made those calls and what he called a foolproof. And I, I did not particularly care for the angle of the lid and things. So mine mine has the screw in the middle of the, of the lid instead of the offside. And I notch my lid so that you can completely close off that sound chamber. Yeah. And it makes a difference. And that's how you get that real gravelly, raspy back end off of it. Yeah, yeah.
0: It, it, I mean, it's fantastic. And I think, you know, as far as, and I'm picking up a different box call, and, you know, as far as me running the box call, you know, when I get to the end of it, I get that. And it, and it, the end of that yelp to me is not as abrupt, just kind of, you know, just shut off like it is with this one side call. And, you know.
6: Yeah, you'll, you'll not be able to get that out of, or I can't, let me put it that way, out of a double side because if you imagine a hen's mouth with a single side of this design, you are completely closing that hen's mouth. Where it inevitably you go, you're going to have sound escape through the back end of this other column. Yep. With the single side, it actually—I mean—it just cl- clamps it shut. Yeah. So there's nothing there to lose as far as tonal quality or sound or you know, and that's why we can do it low volume also. Yep. Is, is retaining all that sound a lot of it inside of the box, and we're completely shutting that instrument down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. You make beautiful calls, that's obvious to see.
0: You make fantastic sounding calls, that's obvious to hear. And so yeah, I, I would say if anybody's looking for a, a great call, you know, give Darren a call and and you know see what he's got in whatever kind of wood combination you might want, or you know whatever kind of sound that you might be looking for. And do you do sound files and send those
6: to people that I, want to order online I, or by phone? I can. Um, what I prefer to do is when a person orders a call from me, I don't I don't have a general sound file or anything like that. When your particular call is finished for you and it is ready to Ship, I'll call you and play your call for you, and make sure that we're exactly where we need to be for what you're looking for before you get that call shipped to you. Yeah. And that way, you know, if there's no generic call i have laying around to play a call you know it it is your call that you will be have delivered put in your hand yeah and so on a
0: custom call like that what can somebody expect as far as a turnaround time from the time they
6: put an order in with you i tell people two years i try to have it within a year and a half to two years And so, I'm just
0: going to throw another little plug out here for Unicoy. If you were here over the past two days, you could take a call from Darren home right there on the spot. And so, you know, that, and it's not that it's not a custom call, because the man himself made it. So, you know, another great reason to come here is you can get an opportunity to get some of these calls that you, you have to wait for a while to pick up otherwise. but. Uh, you know, I think uh, it, it's obviously it's an investment that is going to come back to somebody twofold or tenfold, but the best part of it out of getting one of your calls is the feathers that are going to come out of it when they run it. And then the feathers that
6: are going to be laying on the ground after they run it in the woods. So that's what that's what we're looking for. Yep. And, and I do Unicori is the only show that I do. So you know I make I make my orders through the year, and then I take a certain time of the year not to build turkey calls for customers. They are to come here, yep. and that way the gentleman that, that does not want to wait. Um, I feel like I need to do this show because if a man is willing to come as far as a lot of people do to this show I need to have a product to offer that gentleman yeah well and
0: you know the thought may have crossed somebody's mind when I said that of well if I if I've got to wait for two years if I get on a list and I've got to wait two years for a call why is it fair that I can just walk in the door and pick one up at Unicoy? And you know, you got to look at it. We, the consumers and turkey hunters in this case, have to look at it as from a business standpoint. This is an
6: advertising marketing show for you, correct? And if you don't, if you don't keep your face in front of the crowd, you, you're going to lose ground. And, and, and here's the way I look at it, and not, not to be arrogant about my business, but I will say it is my business, and the way I Unicoi was the very first show I have ever done, and that was back around 1998, 1999. I've done this show since, but I, I, I do it to keep my face in front of the crowd. But if I – and I have had that question posed, and, and here's my answer. If I tell you that if you order a call, it could be 18 to 24 months, as long as you get your call within 18 to 24 months, I've held up my end of the obligation. That also being said, I have had people come to the show that I had on my list. They can pick up their call here, and I can just take them right off my list. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it really – it works. It helps out because – I can't, I can't have my calls in front of nearly as many people just making calls at home and shipping them out as I can coming to a show and having several hundred people come by and play them and look at them yeah. and actually talk to me because there's no better way to learn how to get everything out of a man's instrument than to talk to that man himself. Because I can play, I should be able to play my call better than anybody can. But the gentleman right next to me is a world-class turkey call maker, and and he he, he tunes his to his way of playing, and I tune mine to my way of playing. I can't get as much out of his as he can mine, and I, you know, and vice versa. And, that, and that's the thing is that if a man wants to buy his call, he can show them everything that that call will allow, rather than them getting it at home and and not quite getting their money's worth. Right. As if they were standing there in front of them. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah.
6: That's a fantastic point,
0: and you know I'm glad you brought that up. And you know this the opportunity to come here as a consumer as a turkey hunter and be able to run all these calls because you know and as what you said you're going to step to the table next to you and run a call and you're not going to run it as good as a man that made the call and me as a turkey hunter, I didn't make the call, but I may not be able to run yours as well as I can another call maker's, and it's not anything personal. It's just it's the nature of the instrument, you know, and that's what it is. It's an instrument.
6: And, and that's, that, it doesn't matter who the man's name is or what he does or how long he's been doing it. You come to Unicoi, play the different calls, instruments of what you're looking for, slate, box, trumpet, whatever. Don't so much get hung up on the man's name. Buy from who you can play the best. Do not re- try to reinvent the wheel for just so you can have that man's call to use. It's, it may not be for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's an excellent point. So Darren,
0: for those for those that are listening that want to order a call from you how can they get in touch with you and get on the list because you know as well as I do that two years is going to go by quickly, Yes. but it won't start if your name's not on the list. (laughs)
6: Well, and that's what I tell people also um, is, is I have many people call and they don't really want to wait that long, but the deal is if you call me to order a call, I put your name in my book and take down your order and your phone number. The only thing you have invested in that is your time in our conversation. You don't send me any money up front or anything like that. Yep. So when your time comes, if you say, hey, I've, I've moved on, I bought a call from this guy and I like it, no hard feelings, that call just goes to the next guy on the list. So it's, it's no big deal. You don't have anything invested. Um, all you have to do is call me at 803-230-3085. Or you can message me through Facebook. Um, But like I say, all you you have invested in is a conversation.
0: Yeah. Well, I tell you, having a conversation with a a turkey hunter and a turkey call maker is... is, uh in and of itself, a good thing, and then you being a good guy on top of that just makes it even better. So,
6: well, I appreciate you.
0: Uh, I appreciate you taking time out of the show to, to talk to us and tell us the difference in these calls, and you know what we can expect, kind of the the pluses and minuses out of each one of them, and share some of your knowledge with us. So, thank you. Thank you. All right. And you're making the rounds. Oh yeah, I can get around now. <laughs> You know, one thing I love to do is talk turkeys, and then turkey oh, calls yeah. on top of that. So, you know, that was really a lot of fun for me. And these guys are just a wealth of knowledge. I mean, it's it's crazy. And you know, for those of you who missed unicoy who are going to be buying calls at other shows, whether it's NWTF. Or it's the, oh, what is it called? The one, the Big Show in Pennsylvania. But there's a big mm-hmm. sh- annual show in Pennsylvania. I never can remember the name of it. It's huge. Or even the show that I think is over in North Carolina. It's another big show that happens every year. And they're, you know, both of those shows are coming up. So there's going to be a lot of turkey calls purchased over the next couple of two or three months. And I feel like it's important for us as turkey hunters, us as consumers to know what we're buying and, you know, be able to look at the quality of the calls that we're buying to know we're buying something good, something that's going to last. And if we want to, something we can pass down to our children or nieces and nephews that would be worth some money at some point in time. Speaking of that, my next interview I did was with Wendell Lancaster with Wendell's Custom Box Calls. And so you wanna talk about one that's gonna be a collector and one that's gonna be hard to find in the not too distant future, then this is one. And so Mm. Wendell's, again, a wealth of knowledge and we're going to listen to him. So we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Sweet. Hey everybody, I'm here with Wendell Lancaster and we're at Unicoi and Wendell's a box call maker, turkey call maker, I should say. Been making for a long time. We're going to pick his brain a little bit and also touch on, you know, maybe what some of the best box call lid and box combinations might be and, you know, what his preferences are on on that world and also maybe a little bit about what to look for, you know, how to tell a, a well made call from some that are not so well made because we have to be careful a lot of folks going to uh, i'm not picking on nashville but a lot of folks are going to be in the mood to buy calls. How about that? That's because great. turkey season is right around the corner, and we want to make sure they're getting a good quality call, something that's going to not only sound good and look good, but last a long time as well, as long as they take care of it. So, Wendell, thank you for taking time out of the show to come and chat with us a little bit about this. So, Tell us how did how did you get into calling and how long ago, and tell us a little history there. Well, I actually got
7: started uh, making calls. I, I, I got started turkey hunting in 1986, and the guy that took me turkey hunting was a call maker. His name was Al Willis, and everybody that's been in the turkey business knows Al Willis. And Al called up my first turkey, and I killed it. And then I got hooked on it, and the next thing I wanted to do was learn how to run all the turkey calls. I wanted to run a mouth call. I wanted to run a box call. I wanted to run a fox call. So I learned how to run all calls, and then I decided, I talked to Alvin one day, and I said, would you show me how to make a call? And he said, yeah, one day when I'm working on it, I'll call you, you come down, he said, I'll I'll give you some pointers on what to start with. And so it progressed from there, and then me and Al went to a lot of shows together. Uh, We used to go to three shows a year, and uh, we'd make calls and sell them, and that's what I used to support my habit of hunting. Yeah. Guns, Uh you know hunting leases, going on hunting trips and it progressed from there and uh, of course Al has passed away now and uh, another good friend Charles Hudson, he was a trumpet maker, Charles gave me a lot of pointers on how to run turkey calls and how to run a trumpet call and how to run a box call and to me, there's a lot of people in the turkey call business today that can't run a call, Uh, to me you can't make a call unless you know how to run a call and uh, ease of use is one of my biggest priorities Yeah. Uh, you know I make boxes I use a lot of different woods the box the box call itself usually has to be a softer wood than the lid uh, I use a lot of poplar I use a lot of holly <coughs> I use uh, when you can find good Honduran mahogany I use Honduran mahogany mm-hmm. uh, the lids are going to be harder uh, materials like purple heart uh, jatoba which is called Brazilian cherry. Okay. Uh, you can make lids out of walnut. You can make them out of maple. It all depends on what the box body is to what it'll work on. Yeah. So, uh, and my, my strive, what I strive to do in a turkey call is make one that's easy to use. I mean, you, you want to be able to manipulate it with your hands. You want to be able to call soft on one. And even though it'll call out. If you learn how to put your fingers on it and play it like a musical instrument, you can dip, you can you can dampen that soundboard and get a softer call out of it. Yeah. But you want one that a purr, you want one that a cluck, you want one that a cut. You know, it, you need to be able to cut on it, you want to be able to gobble on it. But ease of use is my big project. Yeah. Uh, most people that run a box call think it's only made for running loud. You know, you want to get way out there on windy days, and that's not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of my calling is going to be real soft. And so you you getting that, a turkey call has to roll over. You're going to get that, yeah. And you put your thumb on here and deaden that panel. Make a real short stroke. And, and that's what I do 90% of the time. It's yeah. rare for me to call loud. Yeah. The only time I call loud on tough, hard days can't get one to gobble trying to make one shop gobble. Right. Uh, you know I do a lot of my stuff by hand. A lot of people's figured out how to do a lot of it with machinery. And, and it cuts down on their time. And, yeah. and, it, and it improves the quality of the call. <coughs> so, but I'm still old school. I don't make as many as I used to. Nothing wrong I've, with that. I've got older. Uh, I don't like standing in the shop as much as I did. <laughs> but you know, since 19, probably 93, I don't know how many calls I've made. I've sold a lot of calls. <clears throat> they some of them out there floating around on eBay. you know. About the only time I make calls now is for this show here. Yeah. I'll make 10, 12, 15, and come to Unicorn to sell them. And the reason I come to this show is I've known a lot of these guys for 30, 40 years. Right. And I come here to talk to them and talk turkey and look at boxes. And, and we've talked to several guys this week that's just getting in the business. And, and they'll make mistakes. There's one thing about a turkey call. You got to have the hole in the center of that box for the screw. Yeah. You got to have a hole in the lid in the center of that lid, and that screw's got to be straight. Mm-hmm. If it's not straight, it'll work on one side, it won't work on the other. Yeah. And a, lot of these new, and a lot of these new guys, that's one of their biggest fallacies, is getting everything as perfect, perfectly centered as they can. Mm-hmm. Uh, You know, I I would recommend that anybody that starts now to invest in uh, what you call a center jig, centering jigs, which will center everything up for you. It'll cut down their mistake time a lot. Yeah,
0: save them a lot of money. Save them a lot of money. Wood's not
7: cheap these days. Uh, Wood's not cheap. The equipment you buy to work on these calls is not cheap. And your time's so, not cheap. Yeah, time's not cheap. Uh, you know, I'm still old school. I make all my lids by hand, which is time-consuming. Yeah. They make a lot of planer molders now. You can buy bits hard, do all this, and cut, cut down on your time. And, and I don't blame people for doing that, because yeah. it's time-consuming to do it. And, uh, you know, as far as picking woods, most everybody that makes calls now understands which way the grain needs to run on a turkey call. On the box call, it needs to run from side to side. Mm-hmm. On the lid, it needs to run up and down. And, that, and that's nothing other than giving you a bite. It'll yep. make that it lid it, bite. It gives you the friction on it. It gives you the friction on it makes it work. And then you add the chalk for a little extra friction. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you other than that. I've been doing it a long time. Uh, I don't mind helping people. Al, Al Willis helped me, had yeah. been for him. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't know what I'm doing. Yeah. So, and he was kind of a gruff old man. He he, wouldn't, he wasn't real friendly with his information. Yeah. But he did provide me with a lot of information, and and I learned a lot from
0: him in Charleston, so. So when when he took you and you killed your first turkey with him, did he tell you why it worked and what <coughs> well, he did? to
7: make a long story short, the first time we went... He'd run a trumpet call a lot, and Al chewed the back. so we walk about 100 yards in the woods, and Al, he spits his tobacco juice out, sticks the trumpet in his mouth, and we stood there for a minute, he said, come on, boy, let's go, we walk another 100, 150 yards, he spits his tobacco juice, he puts that trumpet in, and he calls again, didn't hear anything. So we walk another 150, 200 yards. He stops, he spits his tobacco juice, and he puts his trumpet in and calls, and I heard that turkey go gobble. He's a long ways off. I said, I heard a turkey gobble. He said, where at, boy? I said, he's down here. He said, come on, let's go. (laughs) So we took off down there. And as soon as we got down there, he puts that trumpet in and he calls, and that turkey is close. He says, sit down right here, boy. He sits down about 10 yards from me. And he made a QE game called Slate Box. It was a push-button box. Yeah. It was plexiglass on slate. It was a great little call. So he gets a little call out, and he's clucking and purring and clucking and purring. turkey's not saying nothing. I seen him lean over, and he picks that mask up, spits at the back of juice. He puts that trumpet back in his mouth and goes, don't, don't, don't. That turkey gobbled, almost blew my hat off. He wasn't 30 yards from me. <laughs> About that time, he steps out behind a tree, and I shot him and killed him. And I've been hooked ever since. There you go. So, uh, We went on a lot of hunting trips. We sold a lot of turkey calls, and yeah. And over the years, I had some good time with them boys. Yeah. So that's awesome. That's
0: awesome. Got to love.
7: Got to yeah. love stories like that. Yep. I mean, it was. It was. It, it, it's been good for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, the main reason I got into making turkey calls was I wanted to make them, and, and the other reason was to pay for my hunting leases and guns and trips like that. Yeah. And it, and it was a good side job. Yeah. I mean, I'd work every afternoon, every Saturday, every Sunday after church. I'd make turkey calls. Yeah. And then we'd go to shows and sell them. So. Yeah. That's, and this is one of the good. first shows I ever came to. This was back in the '90s when the Georgia State chapter put this thing on and, yeah uh, matter of fact this whole building used to be full of turkey call makers downstairs upstairs, upstairs. Yeah, really? oh yeah okay there was a lot more vendors in and I can understand why Mark and Russell want to keep it limited I right. mean it's hard to handle a show that big and yeah. that many people so they do it in this one room and, and
0: it works out well yeah so uh, yeah well, there, there's plenty of choices and options for
7: calls in that one room absolutely so. and, and you got some of the best call makers in the country in that room yeah i mean there's a lot of a lot of well-known people in there yeah no doubt you know, when, when you're looking at uh mike Lapp and jeff mckamey and and uh, uh jeff uh i think went brain dead uh It'll come to me in a minute. That's all right. But I mean, you got Lamar Williams, you got yeah. Darren Dawkins, yeah. you got Steve Mann. I mean, you got the best of the best. Yeah. You know, uh, anybody's looking for a turkey call, this show here is the place to go. Yeah. I mean that's. It it absolutely is. There's no doubt about it. So a L- lot of knowledge in there.
0: Yeah. So as far as getting a call from you, you have a waiting list. And I, I don't
7: do a waiting list anymore. Uh, since I've got older, I don't stand in the shop and make as many calls. Yeah. I, I've had a lot of people request calls, and and my my basic answer is, if you want a trick call right now, I'll give you some names of the call makers. Yeah. Uh, I make them for this show. Yeah. And that's just about it. I I don't want to I don't want to spend all my time making calls anymore.
4: I get it. it uh, my wife
7: my wife got ill 13 years ago. And we spent four years dealing with her illness. And she passed away in January of 2010. Mm. So during that four-year period, I didn't make any calls because of her illness. Right. And I kind of got out of the habit. And then after she passed away, I just didn't have the desire to do it. Yeah. So, you know, now I just do it when I want to.
0: Yeah.
7: I'm glad people call me and want one of my calls. But I I tell them up front, you know, I I don't know that you'll get one. If I get in the mood, I'll let you know. Yeah. I don't financially need it as much as I did back then. Yeah. So that was a motivation for making them too. But I'm retired now, a little a little better off. and yeah. So
0: that's good. So the deal then is, it's reason number. Six thousand two hundred and forty-two to come to Unicorn. It's the only place you're gonna be able to get one of Wendell's calls, unless you can pick one up off of eBay or maybe knock knock a hunting buddy over the head that might have one in his vest and take it.
7: Yeah, yeah and, and I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna say I'm done. I mean, right. I may, I may make some more one of these days, but I, I don't take, I don't do a list. I don't want yeah. people waiting on me to make them one. Uh, I think a list is hard to deal with. Uh, you you you're gonna hurt somebody's feelings. Uh, and i don't want to do that i don't want nobody mad because i didn't get them to call they thought i was going to get them you know yeah. so yeah yeah i get
0: it i so. get it well good deal well thank you i appreciate you sharing your your knowledge with us and giving us a little stories some stories to go along with it and the yeah. stories are always fun especially when they involve killing a turkey
7: and, and really i've been looking for somebody that really wanted to show interest in it i would i don't make mine like a Neil Calls style box. And I'd like for somebody to pick up the design that I use and continue doing it. Yep. So, you know, one of these days I might find the right person, I'll be glad to pass on every detail I know. There you, you go. Know. Man, that's,
0: that's, a, that's a heck of an offer for for the right person out there somewhere. Uh,
7: you know, people look at it and you just think it's two pieces of wood, and it is. But the know-how in them two pieces of wood, it's hard to come by. Yeah. I mean, it, t- it took me a lot of years of doing this to get to where it's at. I'm sure. So, uh, I'm sure. Well,
0: if somebody wants to get in touch with you,
7: what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, they can, they can call me on my cell phone, which is 864-421-2562. Okay. Be, be more than glad to talk to them. Uh... If they're looking for a
0: call, they might not get one. Yeah, yeah. don't call him begging for a call. <laughs> Come to Unicorn next year.
6: Yeah, so, uh,
0: yeah, and what somebody I, wants to learn, somebody wants some, to learn. pick up some tips and I'll learn. Be, I'll be more than happy to calls. pass on what I know. So. That's a heck of an offer. So, well, Wendell, thank you. Yes, appreciate sir. you thank very you. much for your time on the doing the interview and thanks for coming to the show and and having some calls for some folks to pick up. So, appreciate sir. you. Good luck you. to you this you season. Too. Thank you. All right. Again, you know, just. To be able to pick the brains of these guys is is something else. So yeah, that was that was a lot of fun and getting to talk to Wendell there was a good time. But
1: yeah, it's awesome.
0: You know, there's there's two phenomenal box call makers with Darren and Wendell, and I know that you know if anyone bought one of those calls from those, either of those two guys, they would just be extremely happy with the quality of the call and the sound of it as well. They These guys just, they wake up in a turkey state of mind. So getting the opportunity to get one of their calls is, is a good feat, no doubt. But I didn't want to leave out those of us who really have a soft spot in our heart for pot and peg calls you know uh, that's the call that I learned how to turkey hunt running yeah my my formative turkey hunting years were spent running a pot and peg call and so they will always that style caller will always have a special place in my heart and it just has a when I'm holding one it just feels right you know I I don't have to look at it I don't have to think about it it just it's just a turkey sound coming out of it and so I was able to grab Paul Durham and get him to step away from his table for a little bit to talk to us about how to identify a good quality made custom pot and peg call and so let's jump in and listen to this interview and he's again one of those guys that's just a wealth of knowledge and has really honed his craft over the years and is an fantastic call maker. So listen in and we'll catch you in just a few minutes. Hey everybody I'm still here at Unicoy and I have Paul Durham with me and you might be surprised to learn that Paul is a custom call maker and uh, makes some great calls and so I stood over his table and aggravated him uh, shoot about 12 hours out of the <laughs> out of the 20 hours worth of show that went on, but we we had some great conversations and, you know, I wanted to let Paul share his knowledge about you know, really kind of what to look for in, in pot calls because I know a lot of you guys are going to be out looking at calls since season's rolling around and, and we got these shows coming up we got NWTF show coming up in Nashville, there's the show coming up in Pennsylvania I can't even remember the name of that one but that's a big show and people just thinking about turkey calls and wanting to buy turkey calls and so we want people to have good calls and so we get a good call maker over here to tell us kind of what to look for in a pot you know some of the the technical things that call makers do when they're making a call that maybe the average turkey hunter like me doesn't know to look for and little tips like that, so that we can get a good call that'll last us for a long time and can continue to call in turkeys that we can kill for years to come. So, I've talked a whole lot. I'm going to hand the microphone to Paul and let him give us some tips. So, what would you say in picking up a pot, just random pot? And say I'm in Nashville. What are some of the things I should look for there?
5: You know, the first thing that everybody looks for is the sound and the sound quality, obviously. Yeah, you know, we talked a little bit before, you know, about once you see the sound and everything you want to have the longevity in that caller. it's gonna maintain that sound. Yeah. Um, I'm sure everybody has had a call that when you bought it it just sounded great and then later on maybe something happened and called it dead or something of that nature, Just little things sort of happening and what in quality it was when you bought it. Yeah. You know, one of the things I tell everybody to look for is kinda of look at how your surface is sitting in that pot. You know, this is real technical but it's something that if you're buying a call i tell people to look for is make sure that that playing surface isn't seated so tight in the top of that pot yeah. that it's touching the wood on the sides um wood expands and contracts it, it moves and if it's pressing on that surface you know i've heard so many times somebody had a glass called glass crack um, probably nothing wrong with the glass glass is man-made it's real concentric but what happens is that wood expands and contracts and presses on that glass there's not enough room there to allow that to happen and it just pops that glass loose or worst case scenario you get that nice straight crack all the way across the glass usually in the center and that's honestly from the pot touching it so i tell everybody to look and make sure that that playing surface has enough room to allow that pot to expand and contract and it's not touching one side or the other and it's nice and centered and that's a good sign of craftsmanship too that tells you that that call maker is taking the time to center that playing surface where it needs to be to allow that call to move you know where I'm at it's usually only 80% humidity 90% humidity in the springtime and if you've got a call that's sitting too tight I can promise you it's going to last about two seasons at best it's going to bust. Yeah. Um, another thing I like to look for is clean holes. And whenever I say that, look at your sound holes in the bottom and see if the call maker has left them unfinished. Um, if they're unfinished, that's going to allow moisture and entry point to come into that wood and cause more instability than that wood already has for that call to suck in moisture, possibly move and shift around. So I always look to make sure that sound holes are finished out. Um, a lot of people, you know, if you want to finish with, trust me, your call maker, if he's finishing the holes, he knows, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And he put the time into that to make sure that he's finishing everything out up inside the pot and that it's sealed up nice and tight for you you don't have any weak points for moisture to really get in there and ruin that pot. Um, look at the top of the pot. See how the surface is sitting in there. Is it higher on the side, lower on the side? You know, the call maker makes sure he had good concentricity on that pot. The concentricity is the flatness. There's not a higher low point. Uh, higher low point, that call could be higher low all the way through. You don't know. Right. Is it flat? You know, that's something that you really need to look for that kind of ensures that as well. But when you're looking for longevity, you know, make sure you got a good clean glue line in there. Yeah. Um, you can't see it in slate, obviously, but in glass, you know, look and see. Make sure there's no nasty glue that's dripping down inside the pot, or maybe there's a spot where the glue's not touching the surface and it's not glued under the glasses. Just. Hanging on the side a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. If it moves, it's going to pull that adhesive a little loose. So the cleanliness of that pot, honestly, is not just craftsmanship. There's there's a reason it's that clean. You want that glue the same consistency all the way around. You don't want to be blob here and a thin line here. You want to make sure it's you know adhered nice and tight to that that shelf that it's sitting on. Yeah. Make sure it's not pouring out over the edge either because that's filling in that gap between ditch the call and the surface itself and that's going to keep it from being able to move like it needs to because then the wood's pressing on the adhesive, it's pressing on the glass and right. the same thing's going to happen yeah. she, she's going to go at some point Yeah. so the things I really tell people look for is look at that glue line, look at your spacing between the side of the column and the playing surface itself, flip it over look at your sound holes in the bottom, are they raw if they're raw then you know, humidity and moisture is going to get in there and cause that hot to move make sure they're finished out, if the call it has a center hole in it Make sure that center hole is finished out. Some call makers have a center hole, some don't. Um, It's not really a sound thing. It's just preference and the mechanism of which that call is made. Um, But make sure everything is nice and tight and clean, and it looks even all the way around. You don't see one side different than the other side. You want to make sure it looks the same all the way around that call whenever you buy it.
0: Yeah, fantastic. And that was awesome. So before you hand the mic back to me, for anybody that's looking for a, a good pot and peg call, and might be interested in one of your calls, talking to you about, you know, maybe building them a call, where can they get in touch with you? How how can they find you?
5: You can find me on Facebook, Paul Durham Custom Calls. Um, you can message me on my personal personal page on Facebook. It's Paul B Durham. Um, you can find me that way. Okay. If you want to call me directly, you can call me or send me a text on my phone. Um, you know, If you call me, it may be a day or two before I get back so I check your voicemails. If you want to text me, usually if you text me, I'll get back to you within a couple hours pretty quick. And you can just reach me at 912-282-6962. Or you can email me at durham at gmail.com.
0: Okay. And is there any calling surface a pot that you
5: won't build out? Not that I won't, but I'll preface this by saying I'm not a huge fan of copper. I would rather stick to... A lot of guys are not. Yeah, it's just a little much for me. And the thing with copper, too, is it flexes. So if you want something that's real consistent, copper, to me some guys make a rock and copper they Absolutely. do they yeah. make a rock and yeah. copper um i own several from several call makers that just blow the doors off and they're yeah. good i don't do mini copper most of what i do is slate glass uh, your colored slate aluminum and ceramic i do a good mini ceramics for something a little different yeah and then of course box calls call style short boxes mini paddles uh yeah. long boxes and i've got a few scratch boxes too yeah fantastic
0: well man thank you I, I appreciate you taking time out of the show to talk to us and share some information and some knowledge with us that we can use to you know I mean these are investments yeah 100% if we buy the right call and we treat it right it's a good investment yeah. and so I appreciate you taking time to share that information with us man
5: absolutely Andy thank you for all you do for us and for being here with us this weekend glad to do it thank you thank you
0: so that was a fun one for me you know and and I originally started talking to Paul as I was working my way around running slate calls for to find that perfect call for my buddy. And so he and I got to talking about just, well, I've got a glass call that a friend made for me and I've run this and I've talked about this before, but it's Evan Murphy from Mississippi and he made a call. Yeah. And it's, I mean, a really, really good sounding glass call, but the glass has come loose on one part of the call. And so I got to talking about to Paul about hey how how can I get this glass off of this pot without breaking the pot or the glass? So we talked about that a good bit, and then it just you know kind of hit me of hey you know I need to talk about what we need to be looking for when we're going to spend money on these calls because if you're buying a call for a uh, pot and peg call for forty bucks or you're buying a box call for 400 bucks, you want to know that you're getting something that's well made and that's quality. And so, yeah, absolutely, you know, I felt like it was important to get those guys on to, to talk about what it is that, that will help us to be able to make a smarter investment. So anyway, some fantastic call makers in and of themselves right there in those interviews. Paul had already packed up all of his calls before I interviewed him, so he didn't bring any to run. But, you know, they're just the the knowledge of that we can gain from talking to these guys is wonderful. But, you know, if you want a, a well made quality call, then those are some fantastic ones there with Wendell, Darren, and Paul. There's there's, you know, that's just some quality call makers. But the other ones, you know, that I bought calls from, and, and again, I'll have their contact information in the show notes as well. But the other call makers that I bought calls from, you know, we talk about this a good bit, especially when we have Mark on the show to talk about Unicoy, you know, do, to do our preview shows with him every year. We talk about this, and you know, because I'm running a call one way and make sounds come of, come out of it that sound like, you know, maybe they sound great or maybe they sound bad that doesn't mean that you're gonna run that call the same way and get the same sound out of it. And not only that, even if you do run that call the same way and you get the same sound out of it, is that the hen that lives in your woods? Because one thing that I've learned in turkey hunting around the country, and I know Cameron, you have the same experience, the hen that lives in the woods where I hunt in central Alabama is not the same hen that lives in the woods in New York yeah
1: absolutely
0: hen that lives in the woods in missouri absolutely so you know it's critical that we run the run the calls if we can before we buy them and some of them we can't just to make sure that we're getting that hen sound that we're looking for and you know because and all these guys know it that i ran calls on their table just because i didn't buy one of their calls does not mean that they don't sound outstanding And does not mean that they're not quality, well-made calls. It's just I have a hen sound in my head, and I also run a call a certain way. And when those two things are combined, you know, it's it. Maybe I throw cash down there on the table and take a call home with me, or maybe I don't. So
1: yeah, yeah, everybody's different.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. But I will say this: I am just ecstatic with the calls that I got, and. I'm ecstatic with the way that they sound in the woods because that is half of the true test. The other half yeah. of the true test, I won't know until I'm sitting there with a gun resting on my knee and a call in my hand, and I cannot wait for it.
1: Heck yeah. Well, you you should be happy. You got some really good calls
0: and had a blast, it sounds like. Yes. Always, always, always a lot of fun. So, you know, I, I told people at the show when they would ask where you were, because a lot of them did, I would say there's two kind of people in this world. There's turkey hunters and there's everybody else. And I guess Cameron's just not a turkey hunter because... <laughs> Chose every, the ducks. Everybody that I know that's a turkey hunter was there at Unicoy.
1: Oh my god!
0: But I will say, you know, I do want to say thank you to everyone who was at the show who came up to me and and had encouraging and positive feedback about this show the turkey inner podcast but also to all of the people who came up to me and said hey i'm here at unicoy because of your podcast and to me that is the perfect compliment because You know, I I love that you guys listen to the show and that you enjoy it and get informative content and you feel like it helps to make you a better turkey hunter. I love that. But I also love the fact that you guys support the people that we have on this show and the things that we support and we feel like you want to know about. And it's just a good, I guess, reinforcement or pat on the back that Cameron and I are working hard to give you what you want to hear and that, you know, we are listening. We do listen to you. If you ask and you want something, we're going to try hard to give it to you, you know. And so the fact that you guys do go and you support these shows like Unicorn or you support the guests that we have on the shows, that's extremely important to us. You all know that we do this show because we love turkey hunting. We love wild turkeys. We love to talk about turkey hunting. And so, you know, it's not, this show's not making a mortgage payment for me or for Cameron. It's it's just because we enjoy doing it. And, you know, to hear from you guys and hear that you enjoy what we're delivering to you is awesome. So, a little ramble in there, but a huge heartfelt thank you to, everybody that listens and everybody that came out to Unicoy and supported those call makers out there. And I know because I saw a lot of them, you guys that came walked out with some phenomenal turkey calls. So, you know, and and those of you who came up to me and let me run your calls after you bought them, thank you. Because if you're (laughs) holding a call, I'll ask you, hey, can I run that? So that's just a lot of fun for me. But anyway. Yeah,
1: that's awesome.
0: Yeah. So and, I don't know. Maybe one day you'll show up over there and I can tell everybody that the co host for the Turkey Hunter podcast really is a turkey hunter. He's not a fake turkey hunter and
1: I mean they is. might suspect that you're just doing two voices. Yeah, I didn't think about that. <laughs> you have a you have a twenty twenty seven year old identity that you also can can personify on the podcast. It's pretty pretty incredible. Yeah.
0: Well <laughs> If you want to see the ventriloquist act, I will be at the <laughs> NWTF show in a couple of weeks in Nashville. So, and of course, Cameron won't be there because, well, I could say that they are turkey hunters and there's everybody else. But really, the truth of the matter is, we know that Cameron and I cannot be seen in the same, same place. place at the same time yeah. because I am Cameron wedding.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And I did want to mention, as far as the convention is concerned, y'all who are going, I will not be able to make it, but one of our listeners and good friend of the show and previous guest on the show, Brent Rogers, will be doing a seminar at the NWTF convention on Turkey literature. It's going to be sponsored by Mossy Oak, and there's going to be a really cool film clip unveiled from Daniel Hayes featuring uh, Tom Kelly and Mr. Fox Hayes when they got together. And so make sure you get to Brent Rogers' seminar at the NWTF convention. It'll be at two o'clock on Saturday, the 18th. Two o'clock, Ryman Ballroom with Brent Rogers. Make sure you're at that.
0: And I had the pleasure of talking to Brent day before yesterday. And, you know, just genuinely just an awesome guy. And you want, if you want to know something about literature or calls, he's a walking encyclopedia. I mean, he's the blows man. blows my mind, blows yeah. my mind. And, but just, I mean, he would literally give you the shirt off his back if you needed yeah. it and, and ask him for it. He's just genuinely just a great person. And so it would be worth, it is worth going to the seminar to listen to the content that's going to be provided because that's going to be awesome. And hopefully we can mic up. Brent, or somehow we'll be able to record that because I will be there at that seminar as well, and we can bring it to you guys. Because I know if you live out in Washington State or you know New York, it's not always easy to get to or or possible to get to Nashville for this. So you know, anytime we can record some of this content, and bring it to you, we definitely will do that. So I'm going to figure out a way to record that, but to be there live and in person and be able to ask questions of not just Brent, but the other guys that are there, the authors that are going to be there, and to be able to see the video that Mossy Oak has produced, that's going to be a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and so, you know, definitely show up at that, and again, look for the bald guy with the Turkey Hunter podcast shirt on that says Andy, (laughs) and that's Probably me and Cameron
1: there you go <laughs> <laughs>
0: but yes, thank you for mentioning that because we yeah, we do absolutely those seminars a lot of those seminars that the NWTF puts on are fantastic and
1: really good
0: you know you can spend an entire day doing the show floor, but you're only experiencing a portion of what's being offered, a portion of the good stuff at the convention in Nashville every year. So don't forget the seminars, don't forget the calling contests, don't forget to find the taxidermy competition, don't forget to find the custom call maker competition, those are all really great parts of the convention that a lot of people miss every year because they just go in and hit the show floor. And mm-hmm. they're, they're missing some gems.
1: Yep, no doubt about it.
0: So, cool. Do you have another another favor of the week for us?
1: I mean, that's going to be the favor of the week. If you're going to the NWTF convention, go to Brent Rogers' seminar. Tell him we Excellent. sent you. Excellent. Bam. Okay. Well, then Thanks,
0: Thanks for listening, guys. I enjoyed it. Thanks for telling
1: us about Unicoy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, heck yeah. I've about talked myself out, but one thing I have not done, because my wife popped her head into the studio here just a minute ago, so I've not run her off. So that means I haven't haven't run enough calls today. (laughs) So I'll keep running calls, and we will see you guys next week. Hey, so I want to just jump on here. I'm actually solo right now, but I wanted to add this in there. I mentioned that I was going to put the names and telephone numbers of these callmakers in the show notes, and I'm still going to do that. But I know for some of you guys listening, you're going to want that information just so you can write it down and just go on. And anything we can do to help these callmakers sell some calls, if you've heard a call on here that you like, or you've heard a call maker that you can relate to, and you want to reach out to them to purchase a call, I wanna make that information easy for you to access. So, here they are in no particular order. Darren Dawkins, his phone number is 803-230-2085. Wendell Lancaster, his phone number is 864 864- and remember now, Wendell is not selling any box calls outside of doing the show at Unicoi, so the only way that you're going to get any information from Wendell is if you're interested in making box calls, and you want to learn his techniques, and he decides he wants to share that information with you, so reach out to him if you're a call maker and want to learn some information from Wendell. Paul Durham with Durham Custom Calls is 912-282-6962. Dan Harris with Dan's Handcrafted Custom Calls is 903-278-6244. Mark McPhail with Wise Old Owl Turkey Calls is 601-938-5357. Marvin Breedlove, his number is 919-332-7603. Roger Parks with Custom Series Turkey Calls. His number is 717-579-0689. And finally, Jeremy Stafford. His phone number is 706-270-3291. Again, these are all guys that would Be happy to talk to you, happy to sell you a call if you're interested in buying one, and just great all-around guys and turkey call makers. So do contact these gentlemen if you're interested in purchasing something from them, and enjoy your purchase this coming season. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.